the reason it's such a big question, what is my brand is because if you're an artist or a creator, that means what is my voice? Have you ever struggled with talking about your brand in a way that really feels true to your gut? If so, you're not alone. I'm Jacquez and this is Artless. In this episode, Dominic and I have a conversation after I asked him to weigh in on a new brand I'm developing. We ended up freestyling a brand strategy session and walking away with some valuable takeaways about what my brand is and who it's for. And it only took 20 minutes. You don't want to stay to the end of this one. I got a question for you. What's up? You, you said this process feels like it's, uh, you're kind of trying to find your brand, right? Right. What is that? What does that mean? Like, what does brand entail for you? What are you trying to nail down? Is it something about, you know, aesthetics and messaging? Is it something about the type of work? What is brand to you? Brand to me is what people kind of remember you for, in a way. Like, just the name Elon Musk is a brand to me. Like, like Elon Musk on anything, personal I brand. know it's gonna be. Like, yeah, it's like a personal brand. So Elon Musk on anything to me. I feel like okay, I want to, and like, I want to be into that because I know it's going to be something like a hyperloop, or a spaceship, right. or like you know something along those grounds. Just because that's what I attach it to, so it's like kind of like what people, you know, the taste they leave in your mouth. That's what mm. a brand is for me. Dude, I love that. Like the aftertaste. I feel that. Okay, so what do you want your aftertaste to be? What do you want your? What do you? What do you see your brand needing to represent? I want. I want it to be like when people see my brand, like oh, those are the people who who push the status quo. Those are the people who 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 doesn't give a fuck about the rules when it comes to what they stand on. Also, I, I was thinking about this with the whole mafia thing, like like relationships like the relationships that I want to build I want them to be close so close where you might call it family the same in, in, as in a mafia where it's like you know you can't even speak to a person a certain way because they're made men you know what I mean right uh-huh. and that's the relationship you have with this person and so I kind of want to build uh, you know a relationship with people as well as our audience in that same way we're creating a mafia I guess in a way and uh, <laughs> I didn't really think about it like that, but like that's kind of what it is. Like we're creating this this organization, this movement of like you know getting to what we want, and no matter what. I mean, it's really strong. It's you know you're immediately in like polarizing territory. You know, bro, it's so crazy that you just said the word polarizing. Like I was thinking of names before, and polarizing came up, and I had shortened it to polar. And I took out the A, just like I, I'm taking out the E, like on mm-hmm. some other shit. But like, uh, I was just, you know, that was just weird. <laughs> <laughs> I have documents on documents of test brands. I yeah. have developed whole brands that I've never launched, like right, right. logos and everything. Well, the thing that I found is that I kept trying to come up with new brands to like kind of encapsulate different things I was doing. Every project doesn't need its own brand, you know, to like capture that project, although that's kind of fun. So what I realized that the issue was, was my positioning for Soul Matter. 
because I wasn't getting my point across with soul matter. So I kept trying to find other things, you know, other ways to say it. But soul matter yeah, kept, right. soul matter is so strong. It was like I need like I don't fully understand how big this can be. You imagine up your company, right? Mm. You imagine up how it works. You imagine up how, who you want to work for and with. Right. Right. Like you imagine up your perfect client and then you create an algorithm, a social algorithm to get in rooms with them and meet and just like share space. That's what you can do with anything. That's why like I realized right. Soul Matter had more to say, you know, Soul Matter was more things, but it, it was a more specific thing that I really just needed to say. It was the little like embryo of another part of Soul Matter. You know, it's like I was getting, I was stuck on the leaves instead of seeing the whole forest right right I hear that. which happens sometimes you know i hear that if your idea wins what does the world look like like this brand does everything right and it, it all works what does the world look like a lot more fearless and a lot more challenge because i feel like that's what i want to do each with each project i do what does the fearlessness mean to you people including myself can be entrapped to these cages or or these leashes or these chains whatever you want to call it i want to inspire other people to break these chains you know what i mean what's one of the chains do you want to break fear of criticism are you in a place where you can write something down yeah let's just write down what what you just said fear okay so fear is a cage that is really cool brand language fear is a cage I mean, it's running rampant. <laughs> right, now, right. Say it however you want to say it. It's it's ubiquitous. Everyone <laughs> knows what that feels like. Right. That concept, fear of criticism, removing fear of criticism, you know, people becoming more fearless. Yeah, right. That's one pillar, okay? So that's one chain you want to break with this brand. What's one more chain you want to break? Pushing the status quo, like, I feel like, um, not to say, like, not a lot of people are challenging themselves, but I feel like a lot of the times we, we accept what we see, what is given, without question. And I feel like if we do question shit, like, we can get further into what we really want to see. Like, I was just talking to someone last night, and, um... <laughs> It's silly, but like we're talking about eating at a at an expensive restaurant where like a meal is like seventy dollars, and I said, you know, I would hope that they're paying the waitress when the meals cost that much. And the girl's right. like, well, regardless if they're paying the waitress or not, I think you should still tip. And the way she said it, the way it felt to me is that she felt self righteous. So I questioned her on it. I said, okay, you know, since you feel like that's the right thing to do, regardless, do you do that at McDonald's? And, and she's kind of like, she's kind of like puzzled, like, what? McDonald's? Why would I tip at McDonald's? I'm like, well, you know, your reasons for tipping at the restaurant, you just told me were like, uh, you appreciate their, their service, what they're doing, their value. Do you not appreciate their value at McDonald's? And is that why you don't tip? She's like, well, no, I don't tip there because people just don't tip at McDonald's. Like, there's not a system for that. Basically, we boiled it down to like, okay, you only tip because someone has told you that's what's supposed to be done. That's what is the right thing. 
life but are you truly doing the right thing or are you just doing the thing that is said to be right exactly so it's like, yeah it's not saying it's, it's the wrong thing it's just saying like well how'd you end up doing it exactly like why are you doing it you know what i mean like are yeah you... <laughs> so it's just like questioning these things that we just accept and just go on with our lives not ever questioning like why do you not tip at mcdonald's right <laughs> Like, I got that from a Quentin Tarantino movie. It's uh, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, remember the scene in the beginning where they're at the round table? He's like, I don't want to fucking tip, you know? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still, like, dude, you can use it as a quote. You know, like, there's all sure. kinds of injected into the conversation of your brand. For sure, for sure. Okay, and what's one more chain to break? So, summarize so far, we have fear of criticism. We have conformity to the narrative. What's one more chain you would break? There's definitely another one. I can't think of one in this moment, but I know it's gonna be something else that I think of later. So now we come to part two, which goes like this. Fear of criticism. What are three things that you have the power to make or make happen that would help remove the fear of criticism? Three things that I could make. Or make happen. Or make happen. Start with one. What's one thing that you could make happen to remove the fear of criticism? I don't know. I feel like the only way I've ever understood it is through, is through seeing someone else do it. You know what I mean? See someone else do what? Like, just not give a fuck. Okay, so you could set an example. How? When you say seeing other people do it, what's the yeah. time that that happened? Kanye West, every time, every time. Right. <laughs> he does not give a fuck about the criticism. Like one year he'll say George Bush doesn't give a fuck about black people. And the next year he's wearing the MAGA hat. Like he doesn't give a fuck. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? right. <laughs> him himself, like time and time again, like so many examples of like, him just like saying whatever or doing whatever, being whatever, regardless of what backlash you might get. Like, what do you do in your behavior with that knowledge? Right. But what does that mean for you? I mean, I'm, I think I'm big on the principle of like, if anything the next man can do, I can do. I mean, he can do it, the fuck, I can do it. He's just another person, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. uh, so it's just like, yeah that simple principle of just like uh, whatever the next man can do you can do as well why not okay so i got a little scenario for you then i finance you a million dollars what do you do to impact people's fear of criticism to make that to make this cultural shift for someone that you're talking about how do you take that million dollars and do that uh, a million dollars million bucks you got a million dollars to work with Tell me how you're gonna do it. I don't have to think on that. A million dollars, that's a lot of money. <laughs> it's at least a year, it's at least a year of budget for a you know fairly well-sized company. I mean, I definitely would dabble into thinking like, you know, films for sure. Like I think films handle these things all the time. Um but I'm trying to think of even like broader than that, you know what I mean? Yes. 100%. Like films is like just like my first idea. Like, okay, yeah, films do this. I know films do this. I know how I, I kinda understand how films do that, you know what I mean? Through story uh -huh. and stuff like that. But like even like I'm trying to think even broader where it's like 
because I don't films will be a big part of it but I want it to be even broader than that you know what I mean what does broader look like <sighs> yeah you know these are very good questions these are very good questions I need to ask myself bro I'm thankful for having people like you around because I can do this you know yeah 100% bro so here this is a good time to jump into a quick let's let's remember where we're at here which is what does broader look like going broader beyond just films to create impact for this fear of criticism that people have right we'll come all the way back to that but we're gonna break off into one more little fractal here which goes like this just jot down what are three things that you love what are three things that i love like just in general anything family um art um and technology Life, oh, no, life. like, oh, like, ah, now I'm over thinking, like, damn, what are my top three? Because now I'm thinking, well, about we can it. do five. You want to do five? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like, my family for, for sure, art, life, um, technology, um, and yeah, spirituality, the the knowledge of self. Okay, what are five things that you're really good at? Five things I'm really good at. Um, I think I'm good at brainstorming. I think I'm good at, you said five? Yep. I think I'm good at being determined. I think I'm good at leading. I think I'm good at being a mirror for people or at least my friends and family. For instance, like if someone's talking to me and you know they're opening to me, like I don't, I'm not the kind of guy that wants to give you the advice and tell you what to do, but to only show you what you're saying to me. Which ah, bro, I need to get into that book. It's just this is off topic, but that book, uh, Coaching Habit. Oh, sure. bro, you gotta get in that shit. That will literally change how people see you. Okay, but, so yeah. one, one more thing you're good at. Listening. Or would that be? the same thing as mirroring not necessarily i mean i think it's pretty distinct because you're saying with mirroring you're talking about like probing conversation like asking questions you know challenging maybe pushing back a little bit and right. finding where the boundaries are i think listening is is a different side of that right right i think uh you would have to have listening to do to be able to mirror Right. Okay. So, what are five things you could get paid for? Directing, producing, writing, um, editing, and just labor, I guess. Labor? Yeah. Like manual labor? <laughs> yeah, like manual labor. <laughs> you do manual labor? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> That's true. I guess the opportunities do arise, don't they? So those are the five you want to pick. All the everything in creative. You don't want to. You don't want to have any other options. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay. Plugging these in. Okay, so now let's come up with the top five things that the world needs. Top five things that the world needs. If you could just snap your fingers and give the world these five things, what would they be? I would say. I would say for one, love. Shit, love is a hard one to meet. Yeah, resources for sure. Like homes, water, food, more access to knowledge. So I feel like in some places, like people literally have access to nothing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're kind of in the dark about 
Which, uh, not to say that that's a bad thing, you know. I feel like sometimes that's a good thing to be in the dark. But, like, you know, to have to give people the option, more options, right. I feel like people need these options. Right. Access to knowledge, I think, is a really good way to say that. You did name five, but I think you're safe to do more because you said love, homes, water, food, and access to knowledge. Yeah, I mean, I can't really think of any more off the top. I'm gonna send you a visual here in a sec. You see it? Yeah. Okay, so I, what I want you to look at is the intersections. Mission, passion, profession, and vocation. Think what is about, vocation? So, some people call it like their calling. Yeah, okay, I see. So your vocation is this intersection of all the, those things that you think the world needs and all the things that you could get paid for, right? And a lot of times we think those things are separate, but actually when they intersect, they multiply instead of, you know, divide or subtract, they multiply each other. So let's say you take writing as an example on how that interacts with access to knowledge. Well, maybe you could write stuff that other people don't know. Damn, dude. Yeah, I like this. Thank you for sending this. Absolutely, bro. What does that word mean in the middle? Ikigai? Yeah, ikigai. The meaning of the word at the rough translation from Japanese is reason for being. Oh, shit. I like that. <laughs> ikigai. So, dude, this is actually I just what we've just gone through here is the first. Uh, it's basically the first consulting session I do with anyone. You know, you might say that your brand is X, Y, or Z thing, or that your personal brand is X, Y, or Z thing. But until we actually get into the nuts and bolts of what that means, it's hard to figure out what are the, what is the sole matter we would make? What is the stuff that from, is from our unique perspective that we would make with all of this in mind? So then you extrapolate this back up. You do as deep a dive on this as you need to, and you go back to that question of how, what would we make to remove the fear of criticism in the world for people? How, how could I take the fear of criticism away from one individual at a time, looking at your reason for being and how those two things meet? I see, yeah, okay, okay. And so it's good to really write on this. The next, the, basically the next thing I would do typically is have you take, I'm the narrator. Because that <laughs> workshop is basically about writing down all the, you know, kind of longhand version of all this stuff. This shit really, like, Digs. I love, dude. I knew it as soon as you said we got on the phone and you said I'm kind of looking for my brand. I was like, it's exactly what this whole thing is for. You know, we just freestyled this whole like brand exercise. Like, the reason it's such a big question, what is my brand, is because if you're an artist or a creator, that means what is my voice? Yeah, my identity in a way. Exactly. Who am I? Right. Like, what what is my reason for being? Yeah, I like how you just thought that. <laughs> What's something uh, that surprised you with this whole thing? Honestly, just like the thoughts that were coming out as I was like saying it, like with the questions that you set up for me. I feel like if I didn't have those questions, then like I kind of probably wouldn't have had those thoughts.